at least for me, the fantasy body or the fantasy size I had created in my head was always there. And I was always comparing my current body to this fantasy I had created. I would think when I weighed this much, my life will be exactly how I want it to be. I'll be successful. People will like me more. I'll be more motivated to go on adventures. I'll have sex all the time. I'll be productive. And my relationship with food and exercise will magically be perfect. And I'll be able to eat whatever I want, whenever I want. (laughs) And anyone who's had any sort of disordered eating, eating disorder, or been on some sort of weight loss journey knows that's not true. This is the Wilder Wellness Podcast where we discuss all things body image, intuitive eating, and the wilder sides of wellness. Here we reject the diet culture messages that have kept us tame and preoccupied so we can finally build trust with our bodies, embrace true well-being, and have the confidence to take on any adventure. I'm your host, Kristen Ailes, a licensed therapist with a specialty in wilderness therapy. I've spent the last decade dedicating my studies and practice to helping women feel more connected to their bodies, build resiliency, and take up more space on and off of the trail. Tune in each week for new episodes as we chat with wellness professionals, outdoor adventure enthusiasts, and thought leaders that will leave you feeling inspired, connected, and motivated to live a life free from restriction and body shame. You'll receive tangible tools, support, and connection as you take your next steps towards creating a wilder life. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to the show. Hey, hey, hey. It's been pretty quiet over here on the wilder front. Um, Last week, I basically took the entire week because it was the anniversary of my dad's passing. Sad. (laughs) But um, in previous years, I've like tried to push through and work on that day. And it's always a mess. And I always end in tears. So this year I really decided to take care of myself and ask for time off of work. I stayed off social and was just super present. And I'm really happy I took care of myself. It was really nice. My sister and I met up in the city and we did a lot of things we used to do as a family when my dad was alive, like go see a Broadway show, eat good food, stay in a nice hotel, explore the city, basically like spend too much money. (laughs) And I'm really happy I got the chance to take care of myself like that. Like it was definitely a splurge, but it feels good Um, because, you know, I think with grief, like we don't really know what to expect. And there's lots of anticipation, like, am I going to be okay? Am I not going to be okay? And so for anyone who's lost someone important in their lives, I want you to know that it's always okay to pause and take care of yourself. I know that grief is really not a linear process and it's okay if it looks messy, but I am really happy to be back this week, getting into the swing of things. Um, There's a lot of really exciting things happening in the wilder world. I'm finishing up the self-paced intuitive eating course that I've been literally working on for a year. And oh my God, it feels like forever, but I'm so excited to give it to you all soon. I think it's going to be really helpful. Um, I also spent the last day getting prepared for the Wilder Weekend Retreat happening May 20th through the 22nd. I'm finalizing the schedule, creating the workbook we're going to be using and planning out all the meals. And the more time I spend with all the little details, the more stoked I'm getting. And now there's officially like one spot left. So if you've been on the fence, this is the time to sign up. 
reach out to me if you have any questions or if you just want to chat and see if this is a good fit for you. I'm totally here to talk. And one of the most exciting things happening is I announced my collaboration with Root Adventures and our big heli backpacking trip in Banff, Canada. I know. <laughs> I'm hoping to have Brianne, the owner of Root Adventures on soon, so you can hear more about all the exciting things we'll be doing. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of fun things in the works and I'm so stoked to share them all with you. Anyways, I think that's all of the updates on my end. Um, so today we're going to be talking about one of the most important steps when it comes to cultivating better body image and quieting that really nasty voice of self-doubt that keeps you stuck in the diet binge cycles. I'd say that like step one of creating a better relationship with your body is finally letting go of your fantasy body. And when I say let go, I mean like really let go. We are going to grieve our fantasy bodies and come to a place of acceptance in our current bodies. So what do I mean by fantasy body? It's that idea that you've cultivated in your head that when you lose weight or when you reach a certain size, everything is magically going to feel better. You know what I'm talking about, right? At least for me, the fantasy body or the fantasy size I had created in my head was always there. And I was always comparing my current body to this fantasy I had created. I would think when I weigh this much, my life will be exactly how I want it to be. I'll be successful. People will like me more. I'll be more motivated to go on adventures. I'll have sex all the time. I'll be productive. And my relationship with food and exercise will magically be perfect. And I'll be able to eat whatever I want, whenever I want. <laughs> and anyone who's had any sort of disordered eating, eating disorder, or been on some sort of weight loss journey knows that's not true. And the thing is, like in reality, I was constantly comparing myself to the fantasy I'd created making it even more difficult to find happiness on a like day-to-day -day basis. I remember comparing myself to my fantasy body a lot when I was getting dressed in the morning or when I was planning out my week or signing up for, you know, workout classes or, you know, even, even when I am doing outdoor activities. Uh, I think this shows up for me the hardest when I'm out rafting. My partner is really big into rafting. We go, you know, like every other weekend during the summer and like my fantasy body version of me rafting would be like that girl at the front of the boat who is like wearing little to no clothing and she's drinking White Claws and giggling and just like having the best time, but like emphasis on the bikini and like looking flawless and tanned in the sun, like basically glowing. And then I'll often or catch myself comparing myself now, which is the person in like Patagonia baggies and a sun shirt <laughs> to this idea of like what I think I should be or this fantasy I've created. Having this fantasy has really stopped me from being in the moment and it can be a real joy stealer, you know? And, and so the thing is, is like, I love my Patagonia baggies. <laughs> I do love my centered. I love not feeling like burnt. And I, I think coming to acceptance that like, this is who I am has been really helpful in me just like being present in the moment and staying focused on the people around me and the spaces that we're in rather than like constantly thinking about how much better it would be or how cooler the photos would look if I was like naked and glowing. 
when we are constantly comparing ourselves to this like fantasy version, it's so easy for us to always feel like we're falling short. It's so hard to like look in the mirror and find acceptance when you're always thinking, I'll look better when I lose this much amount of weight. Or even when we buy clothes in smaller sizes as inspiration to get to that smaller size or quote unquote fantasy body. Like no one feels good in clothes that are uncomfortable and are too small. <laughs> and no one likes looking in their closet and seeing the clothes that remind them that they aren't good enough. And like, literally, I don't know one person who hasn't done that. You know, whether it's buying clothes in a smaller size or holding on to clothes that no longer fit them. Um, it's something that feels so normal. It's something that feels so normal. And yet like, it's like such an easy fix that we can take in order to like finding acceptance and loving the body that we have now, you know, and even if love feels like too extreme of a word, it's like sort of respecting the body we have now and like not putting so much pressure or being constantly reminded, um, that we used to be smaller or that we want to be smaller because seeing that on a day-to-day -day basis, like actually really takes a toll on our mental health. So in order to feel better about our bodies today, we need to let go of the fantasy that like when our bodies are different, then everything will feel and be better. And oftentimes this comes with letting go of the act of dieting. And I know that sounds really fun and easy and awesome and really letting go of the act of dieting can also bring up a lot. For me, as much as I hated the food obsession, I loved the rush of starting a new diet, like the anticipation of seeing the number on the scale go down and the high from the temporary feelings of like, quote unquote, control, like controlling my food and dieting gave me purpose and something to work towards. It always like gave me the sense of hope. The pursuit of weight loss and changing my body was this way for me to distract myself from the discomfort I was feeling in the present. And it was a way for me to feel safe and protected. Like, okay, I might not feel comfortable in the body I have now, but don't worry, I'll get there one day. Even though like negative thoughts dominated my mind, there was always like the drooling anticipation of my perfect body and my perfect life on the radar that I was always like just working for. And it was right off in the distance. When you've invested so much time and energy into dieting and trying to change your body, it can feel like you're grieving something when you decide to let that go. For me, I attached so many hopes and dreams to that version of my body weight loss and my outer appearance had become this huge part of my identity. Um, for me, it was because I was constantly thinking about food in my body. And I think for other people, people saw me and like knew me as this girl with either like the eating disorder or the girl that like lost all this weight or, you know, or really define me by my appearance. And for a while it felt good to have that be a part of my identity. I got a lot of external validation, which felt really awesome, but it also kept me trapped and it kept me stuck and it wasn't sustainable. And eventually I got really tired of having so much of my identity invested into what I looked like. And to be honest, like letting go of the fantasy body or the pursuit of always being smaller can bring up a lot of emotions. It can feel empty. You might feel a little lost or without direction. You're like grieving the expectations and the promises of a better life that you had intertwined with like being thinner. 
you're saying goodbye to the rush of new diets, being praised for your willpower, and you're going against the grain of society. A lot of people find purpose in trying to manipulate their bodies or they're always on some sort of wellness quest. And so it's natural to feel a little lonely and have a lot of feelings about this. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Sounds a lot like grief, huh? (laughs) Anger, relief, sadness, disbelief. They're all normal things to feel while grieving. For me, coming to terms with the idea that I would probably never be the same size I was at like my smallest or that I was in high school has been a journey. I've thought I've been there before and it's echoed through my head again and again. But after years of manipulation, stress, heartache, I've accepted that fighting is just not worth it anymore. And so began the grieving process. And like any grief, like I was talking about earlier, it's not linear. It comes and goes. It shows up in very inopportune times. And the good thing, it gets easier over time, like a lot easier. So like, let's break down what it really looks like to give up our fantasy bodies or believe that there's going to be one magic diet that finally works um, by going through the stages of grief model described by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. You've totally heard this before. These stages of grief are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Let's start with denial. When we first begin to reject the diet mentality, or even just learn about it for the first time, it's really easy for us to be like, no way that can't be true. Because the dominant cultural narrative we've heard is that there's always going to be some magic thing or some quick fix that's going to provide you all this happiness. And we've literally heard that since we were infants. It's been the narrative our entire lives. And so, you know, it can be really, really difficult for us to come to a place of acceptance or even start to think about, you know, adopting intuitive eating or rejecting diet culture because it's not what we've known or grown up with. And it's really easy for us to reach back towards a familiar territory of diet culture because it's all we know and because it's so seductive. While in denial, we forget the diets that have failed us or caused harm in our lives. We remember the highs of our weight loss successes, but forget the lows of when the scale is higher than we want it to be, or when we regain weight or the pain of binging to the point of feeling unwell, or the agony of realizing that we're starving, but we've already eaten our maximum number of calories or points for the day. Like, so the act of feeding yourself feels so shameful. Ugh, it's so bad. It's super normal to experience denial and think about returning to a diet or quick fixes over and over again as you heal your relationship with food in your body. But as you learn more about why dieting doesn't work, find a community to provide support and practice self-compassion, you'll spend increasingly less time in denial. So here's some advice for the denial phase. Self-compassion is very important. Remember, it's so normal to fall back into denial repeatedly because it's so difficult to separate ourselves from diet culture that's present in our families, workplaces, and our friend groups, social media, like it's everywhere. Two, I forget if I said one, but this is number two. 
educate yourself as much as possible about why weight is not an indicator of health or your worth. Read the books, listen to the podcasts, or however you consume media, do the research. Number three, maybe do some journaling or explore with a therapist or a coach the ways that like dieting has impacted your mental and physical health, because I promise you that's probably going to be a pretty long list. And when we are in the denial phase, it can be helpful to revisit that anger. This is hard. (laughs) Often when we experience anger, when it comes to body acceptance and grief, we often turn our anger towards ourselves for giving so much of our lives to the pursuit of making ourselves smaller. Um, we can think like, how did we buy into this? Or I can't believe I spent so much money on this program. (laughs) And, you know, I want you to know that you are not to blame. It's more than likely that you were taught by someone that your worth depended on your body size. And that message has been reinforced in millions of large and small ways over the course of your life. So I will repeat this because it's so important. None of this is your fault. And all of this being said, I believe that it's really healthy to get angry at the culture that has led us to this place. And like, there's so many things to be angry about. (laughs) For example, that we were all sold lies about the feasibility of permanent weight loss, despite the lack of trustworthy evidence, right? Like the big statistic that we all know is that 95% of all diets fail, yet the 60 billion diet industry has convinced us that we are somehow different and that we will be those special people in the 5% and that we should just keep trying. We can get angry about the discrimination of large bodies and the lies that we've been told about the health benefits of being thinner, which have led a lot of people in larger bodies not to receive healthcare because of the fear of being shamed at the doctor's office. Like that I'm angry about. And I'm angry that from a very young age, we have been taught and manipulated into believing that like, we're not worthy of love and belonging unless we look like a Disney princess. (laughs) And I'm angry about the patriarchal systems that are set so high for women that we now have to work, I would say twice as hard to get the same jobs as men, um, that we also have to look a certain way in order to get those jobs or to be deemed as worthy or valuable. And that many of these systems are what fuel disordered eating and eating disorders. Yeah, I'm angry. (laughs) I can go on and on. And the chances are you can too. And these are all valid things to get angry about. And I want you to know that expressing that anger is a huge and important part of that healing. So advice for the anger phase is like, one, let yourself truly feel any anger. Like while I was just talking, I felt like the heat in my body. I felt it. Um, So feel any anger, frustration, resentment, and find a way to express it. Connect with a therapist or a trusted friend or like in some sort of group program um, or in a like-minded community. There are people out there to explore this with. Two, try like writing it down, making art, um, or finding another way to creatively express your feelings, whether it be through photography or painting or spoken word, um, sand drawing, whatever you need to do. And three, again, remember that this is not your fault. Get angry at society, not yourself. And if you find yourself that you're like continuously feeling bad about succumbing to diet culture, 
try practicing a lot of compassion. Um, start looking into Dr. Kristen Neff's work. She's amazing and, you know, talks a lot about self-compassion. You could even write, you know, like this is not your fault on a sticky note and put it out and put it somewhere. You absolutely do not need to hold the responsibility of diet culture on your shoulders. That's not going to feel very good. Okay. Bargaining. Bargaining is like negotiating. It's like coming up with a trade or some sort of substitute instead of taking the difficult road of like grieving your fantasy body and letting go of dining. I think the most classic example of this <laughs> that I've thought that I like think I've heard everyone I work with say out loud is like, okay, maybe I'll just lose some weight first and then I'll practice intuitive eating. That's like the absolute classic. Advice for the bargaining phase. One, continue your education, much like in the denial phase. Look up articles on set point theory, create a timeline of all the different diets that you've been on. And like, you can even use that as like some sort of, as some sort of data to show you that like none of your diets have worked or, or stuck. The more that we see the truth, like the less that we can begin to bargain with it. Two. Examine the reasons why you want to bargain. Ask yourself, like, what do you think will be different by jumping back into the diet cycle? Three, another really good piece of advice is like, find a small change in your life that will bring you some sort of joy or fulfillment. Often, like when we're looking to jump back on a diet, like we want to feel, we're using it as a quick fix to feel better about ourselves. So Engage in something else that will bring you that sort of fulfillment. Try out a new trail, sign up for a class, connect with an old friend, like do something that is going to help you feel proud of yourself. Then there's depression and depression. The depression phase, you know, can feel light. It can feel intense, but it's really coming to terms that like you might not ever be in that fantasy body and that you really do have to let it go. It also comes with having to acknowledge that you know, you have maybe wasted a lot of time, money, energy in an effort to make yourself smaller. And maybe there haven't really been a lot of results and that can feel sad. And like, much like the anger phase, the important thing here is to let yourself feel the emotions. Um, the more that we try and run from some of those really big, hard emotions, the more that they will haunt us and the bigger that they'll get. You know, and so when those feelings do come up, try, try sitting with them, try touching into them like a little bit at a time, um, take a walk, find a coping mechanism that helps you process things. And, and that keeps you from totally spiraling out of, I don't want to say control, but spiraling into like a pretty deep sadness advice for the depression phase one remember this isn't your fault. Like that should just be like the theme of this podcast. This is not your fault. <laughs> um, you've been brought up in this diet culture world without any sort of consent. And so there's nothing to feel guilty or shameful about. Um, this is not your fault. Two, find a community who can understand what you're going through. Share with them. I know that you're not the only one who's gone through something like this. Three, remember that you have a lot of power in your current body. Three, remember that you have a lot of power in your current body and that you don't have to limit yourself because of your size. 
in your current body, you can still go outside, you can still go hiking, you can, you can still engage in activities that bring you joy. Maybe it'll look a little bit different or maybe it won't. Who knows? And again, I just want you to like really make space to feel your emotions alone, with a friend, with a therapist, feel those feels. And lastly, acceptance. Acceptance is where we have come to terms with the idea that we actually don't have that much control over our body size. And no matter how hard we focus on that fantasy body or that fantasy version of ourselves, it is likely that we're never going to look like that. We're never going to feel all of the things that we have associated with that body. And we give ourselves full permission to live fully in the bodies we have right now. Of course, arriving at this place of acceptance doesn't mean that you're not going to step back into like some of the other stages. Remember, like grief is not linear. It's messy. It doesn't make sense. But the more that you practice it, the less time that you're going to spend in those places. And you will know what to do when you find yourself bargaining or in a place of denial or feeling depressed. Like you'll know how to take care of yourself. You'll know what coping skills to use or or what podcast to revisit. And advice for the acceptance phase is one, enjoy yourself. Go out and explore things that you can do in your current body. Go on that big hike, sign up for the class, do the scary thing, start doing the things that you thought were only reserved for a smaller version of yourself. Two, make sure that your self-care is on point so that when you have a bad body image day, because those for sure happen, you know how to take care of yourself and you won't slip back into returning to a diet. Whew, okay, those are the stages of grief. And I want you to know, like, I know you might be feeling a little let down or overwhelmed after hearing some of this information. You might feel angry or sad. You might also feel a sense of freedom. Maybe you feel a little bit lost. <laughs> Maybe it's a little bit of everything and that's okay. I want to be really realistic and I want to tell you that by grieving my fantasy body, a lot has changed. I have definitely found a much more peaceful and sustainable relationship with food in my body right now. And, 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 and a lot more has changed than I had initially thought it would. Here are some of the things that have been a part of my own process for reference. I had to face the parts of my life that I didn't like. And I wasn't really expecting that. <laughs> um, my job, some friendships, some not so great habits. I could no longer like avoid my problems and think all I have to do is get thin and things will get better. Like I actually had to look at the parts of my life that I needed to change. I found out that the pursuit of weight loss was a way for me to distract myself from a lot of discomfort that I was feeling in the present. It was a way for me to feel safe and protected and in control um, and avoid emotion. When I stopped running from my emotions, literally and figuratively, I slowed down and I felt a lot and it was messy and beautiful <laughs> and it was a lot. <laughs> I had to find new hobbies and activities I was spending like 75% of my time thinking about what I was making for dinner and when I was going to exercise. And when I sort of shifted my mindset, I suddenly had a lot more free time. Um, and at first this was like a little overwhelming. I was like, what do I do with all this? 
So it's okay. Take it step by step. I acknowledge that I like missed the rush of starting a new diet and the anticipation of it all. I miss like losing those like first five to 10 pounds quickly because it always felt so good. <laughs> Dieting was a way that I, I felt like I had my shit together or that I had found all the answers. And so I really had to question my quick fixes. Um, I was someone who really liked quick fixes. And so that was, that was new and, and difficult. Through this process, I've had to create boundaries with friends and family. Um, this is both uncomfortable and liberating. Um, and I want to say that this is a super necessary step because having your friends or family constantly talking about their bodies or other people's bodies or the new diet that they're starting can make going back to like the bargaining or the denial phase, like really tempting because it's also a way to feel like you're included in this group, you know, and I used to get angry when I would see my friends buy into diet culture. Um, but like, I think like now that I've been doing this for a really long time, it's turned more into compassion. And I realize that everybody's on their own journey and, and I don't have to fix that for them. So that's been a nice place to, to land. Since I've let go of my fantasy body, I'm now way more present with my emotions and in all of the experiences I have. I spend less time overall looking in the mirror and wishing that I was different. And instead, like I like find ways to celebrate my body now, which feels good and different. <laughs> um, I don't hold myself back from adventures or vacations until I like look a certain way. I'm much more likely to say yes to new opportunities. And the most important is like, I'm in touch with my body. I actually listen to it. We have a real relationship now. Um, I can actually practice intuitive eating and pursue wellness from like a genuine place because for so long, all I could hear was like the guilt and shame I associated with either my body or the food that I was putting in my body. And so I really wasn't in touch with it at all. All I felt was shame. So it's been really cool to build this new relationship with my body and know like, Ooh, this doesn't feel very good when I do this or eat that or move in this way. And it's been really sweet. Whew, okay, grief. <laughs> this was a lot. I want you to know that your process of grief and acceptance is going to be unique. Um, you may have experiences that are similar to mine and you may have totally different ones and none of it is wrong. I think that one of the most helpful tools in moving forward is acknowledging what life could look like if you came to a place of acceptance in your body right here, right now. And so this week, I really want you to challenge yourself. And I want you to think of like one or two things that you can do to show up fully in your here and now body. Maybe that looks like wearing something fun. It could also look like, you know, some like water-based activity or or some experience that you've reserved for like when you lose the weight. What if you did that this week instead? And if you do go out and do one of these things to celebrate your here and now body and to show up fully in it, please message me on Instagram. I would love, it would make my day, my week to hear how you're doing that. If you're really brave, 
you know, you can post on your stories and I will for sure repost it. Um, but mostly I just want to know. Thank you all for listening today. I really appreciate it. And I hope that you have a wonderful week. If you need any support in this area or around intuitive eating or body image, please reach out. There's lots of offers, including the intuitive eating courses and our retreats that could be a really great fit for you and a really great way to feel supported or just keep listening to the show. I'm glad you're here. Till next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Wilder Wellness Podcast. If you loved this episode, head on over to rate and subscribe. New episodes drop each week. I can't wait to catch up with you on and off of the trail. See you then.